Welcome to this Slate spoiler special about Casino Royale, the new James Bond movie starring Daniel Craig. This is a special spoiler special featuring a guest appearance by NPR reporter Mike Pesca. Mike does a regular podcast about gambling, and now he takes a detailed look at what Casino Royale gets wrong about the world of the casino. Hi, this is Mike Pesca on gambling. James Bond is a lover, a spy, and he's also a poker player. This is a segment called Kiss Kiss Bet Bet. And be warned, spoiler alert, only listen to this if you haven't seen the movie, don't care to see the movie, or don't care if the poker scenes are ruined, or at least ruined more than the producers ruined them already. I guess you could tell what I think about the poker scenes. But as for the movie overall, Daniel Craig, my opinion, is the best Bond since Sean Connery. And as Mads Milkison, the villain, says, he has taken very good care of his body. Especially his hands which were a full house, a straight flush. Yeah, why not just throw in five aces with no wild cards, why don't you? Let's backtrack a little as I detail the main pitfalls of poker in a movie. The first is the all-too-obvious tell. A tell is a mannerism or gesture which gives away the hand that you have. And a line like that is always in a movie to explain what a tell is. My first introduction to the concept of a tell was in a movie called House of Games, written and directed by David Mamet. There was Ricky Jay... Oh wait, but I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil House of Games here too. I've I've spoiled more films on this podcast than acidic acid. Anyway, Ricky Jay twists his ring when he gets a good hand. It was a little too obvious in real life, but it actually works in the logic of the movie because we realize that the twisting of the ring was part of a short con, which actually we find out is part of a long con. So let's go next to Rounders, the only major movie solely about poker. Rounders got some great details down, but to dramatize the tell, they had John Malkovich chew the scenery by basically making love to an Oreo cookie. He played a great player named Teddy KGB, and... A guy like that would certainly know not to commit a blunder that's so easily discerned. Here in this movie, we're introduced to the villain. It sounded to me like his name was Le Chef, but I think it's Le Chef. So I was thinking Boyardee the whole time. And he had a bleeding eye, which ruins his chances at a modeling contract, but it also ruins his ability to fool his opponents at the card table. The uncontrollable bloody eye. It's a little too on the nose for a real-life tell. So the obvious tell, that's the first pitfall. The second pitfall is the scene or the piece of dialogue where where we explain the rules of Hold'em Poker. It's a snooze for anyone who knows, and I'm guessing it's too hard to follow for anyone who doesn't. Casino Royale acknowledged this by pretending there was a lot more mystery to the game than there is, as if poker were chess. We're told that the villain is something of a math genius, and he likes to prove his prowess through poker. Well, there is math to poker, but it's the sort of math that everyone at a level beyond advanced beginner knows backwards and forwards. For instance, there's a scene in the movie where Le Chef tells an opponent, I have two pair and you are drawing for a straight, therefore you only have an 18% chance of winning. I guess we're supposed to gasp. Wow, he knew that off the top of his head. But anyone who's watched poker on TV and seen the little calculator in the corner of the screen knows that if you're drawing for a straight, you have eight outs on the river, eight out of 46 cards. That's an 18% chance of your straight. Those numbers always show up on poker on TV. Now, I have to tell you, when I heard they'd be playing Hold'em in Casino Royale, I was heartened. I'm a little tired of James Bond drawing good hands in Baccarat, as if mastery of this game of pure chance tells you anything about how good a card player the guy is. This touches on the last great trap of the poker movie. 
Knowing that the audience won't pick up on the subtleties of a hand well played, they give the players amazing hands. This happened in the Cincinnati Kid. It happened at the end of the Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster version of Maverick. Maverick draws the case ace. He confidently flips it from the deck. That shows he's a great poker player. That shows he's an extremely lucky guy. Well, in Casino Royale, we see this problem in spades. Sequential spades, in fact, known as a straight flush, the best hand in poker. On the ultimate hand of the tournament, the first player to lay down his cards has a flush, an ace-high flush, of course. The next player has a full house. The player after him has a higher full house. And then we're on to James Bond. He has the straight flush. Now, getting a straight flush would be incredibly lucky, and by the way, it doesn't show that you're good at poker. Getting a straight flush with an opponent who had one of those hands would be really lucky, because when you get good cards, you have to have your opponent get almost as good cards to pay off. But getting a straight flush in a hand where three other opponents have hands of that magnitude, and it just so happens that they lay down their hands in sequential order of rank, ladies and gentlemen, that's Hollywood. I was thinking every poker player on earth would be pushing his chips all in on either full houses and saying, look, if someone's sitting there at the end of the table with a uh, straight flush, so be it. He deserves to win. There's nothing you could do about that. This choice of giving the great players great hands sort of ruined an earlier showdown in the movie. This was where Bond supposedly saw the villain's bleeding eye tell. But Bond's hand at that point was so good that it didn't matter that he read his opponent for a tell. Every poker player in the world would have looked down at his hand, and I think at that point James Bond was holding uh, King High, King High Full House, I think. And they would have, or it was some other fantastic hand, they would have looked down at their cards and say, all right, I'm all in. And reading your opponent for strength, it didn't matter. You have such amazing cards. It would have been a lot better, but a little more subtle. So I don't know if it would have been better. But for a poker player, someone who knows poker, their perspective, it would have been better if James Bond had almost nothing in that hand, you know, a pair, a high pair. And he said, I'm, I've totally read my opponent for the tell. And then he would wound up being wrong. And let's just end this with a uh, grab bag of poker nitpicks with the movie. Once or twice during the scenes, there'd be three players to start a betting round, and then one of the players would drop out during the round. You know, too rich for my blood. And at that point, the dealer would say, heads up. It's not heads up. Heads up is when two players are in from the beginning of the round. And it affects the rules of play because in heads up play, there are unlimited raises. But when three players start and one drops out, the raises are capped. Two, the tournament is 10 players. There's $10 million buy-in with a $5 million add-on. And by the way, it should have been euros, not dollars. They're playing in Europe, and euros are worth a third more, so a little more drama there. At the end, the prize is announced at $150 million. This means that every player not only took the buy-in, but also took the add-on, which is unlikely, but not impossible. It gets a little more unlikely in that Jeffrey Wright's character tells Bond he's almost tapped out. I got the impression that he didn't take the add-on, but he would have had to if there's $150 million. I could be wrong on that. The last nitpick is that at the end of the movie, or at the end of the tournament, rather, James Bond graciously, and of course gracefully, he is James Bond, throws the dealer $500,000 in a chip, or it was one of those rectangular chips that they call a plaque in Europe. But it's a tournament. The chips aren't worth anything. They're tournament chips. They'd have to be, or else you could take them off the table and bet somewhere else. So that $500,000 chip is worthless to the dealer. Oh, James. 
as I was taking mental notes, I did think to myself, you know, I'm only picking apart the poker. I mean, if I were a munitions expert, I might say, oh, a bomb would never explode like that. Or if I knew a thing or two about African construction sites, I might say, that girder hasn't been seen in Madagascar since the 1970s. But it was the poker that stuck out to me, and it stuck out like a sore thumb. They took too much license, and they got killed. Mike Pesca is a reporter for NPR and the host of the On Gambling podcast, which you'll find at npr.org. For Slate.com, I'm Andy Bowers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.